Yeah, we live in a world where there's so many distractions, and in order for us to focus, it really makes sense to think about what goals are most important to us in order to get that done. So I'm, I'm a big believer in thinking about what goals are important and writing those goals down mm. and having a plan. Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Normally, you'd be hearing the voice of Nick Walker right now, but Nick also has a job chasing storms, <laughs> and Nick is involved right now in some weather activity. And so this is Andy Crow, and I am playing kind of host here along with Bill Yates. We have a very special guest in the studio today. Bill, tell us about our guest. Yes, we do. Our guest today is Tricia Malloy. Trish is an author and speaker who presents programs on reducing stress, achieving goals, and improving work-life balance, all things that we can improve on for sure. Trisha consults with a number of organizations, uh, for example, Marriott, Kellogg, The Home Depot, Deloitte, and the Network of Executive Women. She facilitates vision board workshops. We'll have a lot more to say about that. And she's worked with employees at the CDC, Verizon, and Ernst & Young. Trisha, welcome to Manage This. Thank you. Trisha, one of the things that we're very excited to talk to you about are these vision boards, mm -hmm. but I feel like we need to set the stage first and talk a bit about goals. Yes. So thinking about goals, and this is certainly something that project managers have to focus on a lot, right? We have a lot of goals, but why do we have goals in work and in other aspects of life? We have we have to set goals to get things done personally. Yes. Um, what is it about us? What is our need for goals? Yeah, we live in a world where there's so many distractions. And in order for us to focus, it really makes sense to think about what goals are most important to us in order to get that done. So I'm, I'm a big believer in, in thinking about what goals are important and writing those goals down mm. and having a plan. I like that. You know, Stephen Covey in his Seven Habits for Highly Successful People book uh, talked about beginning with the end in mind. Right. And so a lot of times it's useful to kind of envision an outcome. And it doesn't always turn out the way we plan, I guess, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a useful <laughs> exercise, huh? That's for sure. Now, Tricia, I know you've worked with a number of organizations and with individuals who uh, struggle in this area, mm -hmm. and you have the chance to really coach them yes. and help them identify goals. Mm -hmm. What are, if you're meeting, let's say you're meeting with me mm -hmm. and you're talking through um, my need for goals and you've kind of sold me on the idea, right. how do you help me identify goals? Oh, that's a great question. You know, sometimes you think first about what you don't want in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then those goals mm -hmm. just naturally evolve from there. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to do it. Another way is to think about what you want the final outcome to be. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are steps before that. And each of those steps inevitably becomes a goal. Okay. That's good. Is this intuitive to most people? Do they know how to set goals? Do they walk in with misconceptions? What do you think? Huh. I think the problem becomes people not being clear about whether they deserve to have to achieve those goals. Wow. I think that's a big piece of it that I see a lot of. You know, they don't feel worthy enough. And so sometimes in my coaching, we start with that. You know, they, they might say that they want to get promoted or start their own business or have some type of health benefit. But when we get down to it, they don't think that they can accomplish it or that they don't think that they 
actually deserve it. Mm. You know what's interesting, kind of to dovetail with that, I've worked with project managers before, and they have an issue taking up space. They Ah. just don't feel comfortable taking up space. So they're always shrinking away. They're shrinking Mm. away from conflict. They're shrinking away from motivating the team. They just, and and, you know, some of that's being a shrinking violet, but I see some of that in the same in the same spirit, it's almost not believing you you deserve. I mean, uh, um, you know, I told one person recently, you are a human being. Human beings take up space and sometimes inconvenience other human beings. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Mm. You know, that's, that's part of what we do. You don't want to be obnoxious about it. Right, mm-hmm. right. But you have to stake your claim. Yeah. yeah. And look, we're doing projects. Projects have never been done before. That's part of the definition of a project. This is something new. And so you are disrupting things and changing things and moving things around. Mm -hmm. Great point. Obstacles. One of the obstacles you talked about are distractions. We are all busy. And thanks to technology, we are getting busier and having more and more distractions in our pockets, in our hands Mm -hmm. all the time. Those get in the way of me achieving the most important things, those Mm -hmm. big goals. What are some other distractions or maybe what are some tips that you have to help people overcome distractions, overcome those obstacles? Well, I talk about craving your goals. And the first Hmm. step in the crave formula is clean out the clutter. Clean out the clutter. mm -hmm, Yeah. Clutter distracts and confuses us. And it drains our energy. And it keeps us from doing what's most important. Gets in the way of our goals. So we have physical clutter, you know, like a messy workspace, but we have technical clutter, like you talked about, information overload or over-reliance on our cell cell phones, um, spending too much time on the internet, on social media sites. You know, we have to start thinking about how we can outsmart our smartphone, Mm. you know, figuring out what notifications we need and what we don't need, getting rid of apps that we don't use, that type of thing. And then we have that emotional clutter, and that's a big thing when it comes to distractions. What do you, okay, describe that further. Some of our listeners are not totally into emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, what are you talking about with emotional clutter? It's the what ifs, okay. the regrets, the resentments, the things that we haven't forgiven about someone else or perhaps ourselves. It's unfinished business, it's unnecessary obligations, it's toxic people. Okay. I like to say those are the ones that light up a room and they leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Radioactive. Yeah, yeah. And just becoming more aware of what those those pieces of clutter are and trying to figure out a way to let them go. Like I talk about unnecessary obligations, you know, and one of the exercises I often recommend is is to look at – to create create a list of all your obligations. And usually it's best to look at it as a – your daily ones, your weekly ones, your monthly ones, and even your yearly ones. Write them all down. Check off the ones that are essential to your work responsibilities and to your responsibilities at home. And then look at the others and and rank each one on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of what's most important. And then consider dropping or delegating anything under a 7. Mm. And what that does, it just makes wow. you recognize, you know, all that stuff that's been that's been distracting you that really isn't very important. And then all of a sudden you become more aware of you have the time and energy to focus on what really matters. Have you ever watched an episode of the TV show Hoarders? I have. Oh. Yes. Have, have you, Tricia? Just, just the promos. That's enough to make <laughs> my skin crawl. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me 
um, to get in touch with that. But you have people who have such an attachment to every single thing and they invest so much emotional energy. Yes. And then somebody external will come in and start kind of counseling them about it and saying, okay, you've got to get rid of one of these two things. And they can't do it a lot no. of times. And it's fascinating to watch. Um, it's, it's fascinating to watch that kind of attachment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you talk about clutter, there's a great quote, and I probably would get it wrong, the attribution wrong. But the quote is, perfection is achieved not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Mm. Oh. And, you know, you look at, for instance, the, the Apple iPhone. Yes. What a simplistic device it is. Yes. And they keep removing things. They remove the headphone jack, a controversial. I'm still mad about that. They right. remove yes. the home button. Now it's just a piece of glass with aluminum. <laughs> and it's fascinating because uh, as they do that, the adoption rate gets higher and people get more and more addicted to it. So that's its own, <laughs> so its it's own issue. What but a great I, example that is for us to think in terms of how we can we continue to simplify our own lives? Use that yes, as an example. Because what we do is just the opposite. We keep adding, we keep, and they call it feature creep and scope creep and et cetera, but we keep putting things on and yes. suddenly our life is bristling with unnecessary things. And it's like barnacles. Mm -hmm. It becomes like barnacles yes. on a ship. Yes. Tricia, one of the obstacles that you call out is stress. And I think of these things, and as Andy describes them, these are all stressors. These are all sources of stress. Mm -hmm. Some of them have good intentions and are yes. very useful tools. Can be motivational. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're, they become sources of stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you think about stress, um, I know you have a, a focus as part of your practice of how to reduce stress. Is there an optimal amount of stress? Is any stress good? Oh, definitely stress can be good can be beneficial, can be motivational. It can get you out of bed at, you know, at the beginning <laughs> of the day. Work, get it? you to work, doesn't it? Get you to work, yes, and all that. But And everybody has, I think, a different stress threshold, I would think. So, you know, again, it becomes, it goes back to being aware. You know, is that stress harming us? Are, you, are we starting to, to notice, you know, physical ailments related to stress? Right. Mm -hmm. I recently did a blog post um, around work-life balance, you know, what's your sign? And the idea was, what is your sign that you're out of balance, that you're mm -hmm. dealing with too much stress? And I, I just asked my followers, and so the majority talked about, you know, stomach pains and headaches and, and muscle ache and confusion and mm -hmm. frustration and just being crabby. And so it's interesting to see those were the, the common signs that reminded people that I've got to I've got to do something because I'm I'm stressed out I'm out of balance so we we need to be conscious of it. So I I've asked this question of guests before, but uh, get a little bit personal here. Yeah. When you get really stressed, where do you feel it? Where does it manifest? Oh, um, I would say probably body aches. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because along with Working too hard, I'm also not moving enough, and so uh -huh. that's a piece of it too. And then I just get a little bit, uh, what would I say, 
Short-tempered. Okay. Short-tempered. Yes, that's a good way to put it. That's a good thing to note for later. Right. (laughs) With me, it feels like somebody is sitting on my chest. Oh, you feel it right there. And that's when I know. I feel it right in the center of my sternum, and it just feels like there's weight. And that it's hard to breathe. Oh, yeah. You don't Mm. get a full breath because Mm. it's too tight. Mm. And so, But that's always the idiot buzzer on sort of the dashboard of my life Mm. is that (laughs) when I start feeling that, I know if at all possible, I have to step away and mm-hmm. try and decompress. Sign. Yeah, it's it. That's, that's right. It. What's your sign? Mine can manifest different ways, but it's usually just a very physical thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, my body. I'm used to working out or moving, and mm-hmm. so I can totally relate to that. There have been times when I've been working on you know, writing code back in the day or figuring out how to communicate something to a customer, and you're really focused on it. Maybe you're pouring through reports for long hours. And you're feeling it in your shoulders and your neck, and yes. then it manifests in a headache. Yes. And yeah, I get mad. I've heard you say uh-huh. you feel it in your neck before, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, Trisha, I've got another question for you. One of the things you've talked about is energy management. Mm-hmm. And you've said something interesting that energy management is really on par with time management yes. in terms of being important. So what does that mean, and how do I manage my energy level? Is this like the Snickers commercial uh, where I just need to eat one and I'll be where did okay? Andy go? That's well, yeah, that's their that's their answer, obviously. Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? Yes. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So for a lot of people, it has to do with the time of day that they're they're at their optimum. So some people are morning people. Other people like to get a lot of work done in the evenings, that type of thing. But it's also about what your mom and your doctor has always told you. You know, eat healthy, drink plenty of water, get enough sleep. Sleep is a big issue for a lot of people. And exercise or stay active. But then it goes deeper than that. It's about spending time with positive, supportive people and less time with the others. (laughs) It's about enjoying nature. It's about um, practicing random and not so random acts of kindness. Mm. It's about listening to great music, singing, singing with others, scheduling what brings you joy. That really helps to raise your energy. I have a friend who works for Facebook in California, and she told me not long ago that um, the the new trend there, they say that sitting is the new smoking. Oh, yes. So now everybody's, <laughs> everybody's standing at yes, their desks. That's right. the big thing. Um, that we've kind of played with implementing it at mm-hmm. Velocity. We have uh, our own standing desks for a lot of people. And um, this is the first time I have sat down uh, today since mm. being here. So it's a little bit of a transition there. Yes. Yeah. Are you seeing a difference? No, but I've, uh, I'll tell you what, I have been experimenting with diet mm-hmm. and have seen dramatic changes in, in energy level. Mm-hmm. And so that's made a big difference. Yes. I think the point about sleep and yes. the need for sleep oh. is huge. And I, man, I, that's one of those facts I keep reading more and more about. The research is so, uh, it's right there in my face yet I'm still having a hard time mm-hmm. getting those levels. Yeah, I'm not the poster child for good sleep habits. No. Yeah, that's tough. Tricia, one of the things that I got pretty geeked out about as I saw you working with our team here in the office 
uh, is this idea of a vision board. Oh, yeah. I love that. The vision boards are great. And I want to start out with um, an abbreviation, the RAS. Yes. You talk about a reticular activating system. Yes. And I just wanted to say that because it makes me feel like a biochemist or scientist (laughs) or something. But what is a reticular activating system? And then we'll get into this idea of a vision board. Yeah, when I first heard about it, I thought it might have been a, a piece of exercise equipment. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. And then How do I, I use this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I did a little research and found out it's actually a function of your brain, and it acts as a spam filter. And since we are inundated with so much information all the time, our brain needs a way to block out what's not important and bring in what is. And so that's what the reticular activating system, or RAS, does. And so think about the last time that you bought a, decided to buy a car and you picked out the make and the model and perhaps the color. What was the, ne- the next thing that happened? You saw it everywhere. Yeah, you did, right? <laughs> right. Everybody was, has my car. Exactly, on the road, <laughs> in the parking lots, and even in commercials. Yes. And did you ever wonder why that was true? Yeah. Yeah, it's simply because you programmed your RAS. You said this is important. And it brought that information to you. See, in here, I thought the universe was trying to tell me to buy that car. (laughs) (laughs) They're confirming your need. That's right. That's right. And that's what a vision board does. It programs your RAS. Mm Oh, okay. Okay, so talk to me about how we go about creating one of these. I mean, why why does it work? How does it work? Um, Tell me, walk me through some of the practicality. Sure. So again, when we talked earlier about goals, setting goals and all of that, we get distracted. We get we focus on things that aren't very important. And a, a vision board helps us to have the clarity and the confidence and also the courage to achieve goals that are important to us. So it programs your RAS. Uh, it's an opportunity to slow down and reflect on what's most important. Sometimes people do vision boards by themselves, sometimes in groups, sometimes they do it as a team within their organization or perhaps family or friends. It gives everyone a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And a, a vision board is a great communications tool. You know, when you see someone else's vision board, I'm sure you've seen it in the office, all of a sudden you know a lot more about them and what's most important to them. And I'm sure you've probably already done this where you've seen something on someone's board where you say, oh, you're interested in this or you're thinking about that. I have someone to talk to or I can help you with that. And you would never have that communication in in any other form. Mm. So that's how a vision board works. And I love being what I consider myself to be a dream midwife. (laughs) <laughs> a dream midwife, yes. okay. <laughs> so I, I get to facilitate yeah. that process with people. And I see them come into my workshops where they're distracted, where they're not clear, but also, we talked about before, they might have these pictures and these words of what they want to manifest, but they're not quite sure if they deserve it. And so going through this process and getting them to put that on the board and talking about it really just shifts them tremendously, especially when others around them are supporting that. Quick question on this. So help me get the visual. Yeah. Uh, This vision board, I've seen one, but others have not, obviously. What does it look like? So it's a poster board. Poster board. You know, just simply a poster board that has pictures and words that reflect what you want to manifest. So you might 
cut out pictures and words from magazines. You might print them from the internet. And sometimes it's your own photos. I always recommend that you include one really great photo of yourself right in the middle of your board so it makes it even more personal. And, um, and then it's, it's interesting. So, so some people like to have all their goals on one board. You know, this becomes almost like a personality test. Some <laughs> like to have one goal for each board or a personal board and then a professional board. Some people who are into feng shui and are familiar with the Bagua map will actually, it's a diagram that focuses on what they call eight treasures, like career and health. They will use the foundation of a Bagua map to create their vision boards. I was doing this a vision board workshop recently, and this woman who was doing a show and tell at the end, she explained what was on her board, and then she flipped it over, and she had another picture on the back. And she said, in about 15 years, I'll be retiring from this organization, and I know I want to start a foundation to help feed the hungry in my community. Mm-hmm. And so that picture is my reminder of that. Oh, wow. But it doesn't go on the front because it's, it's, it's my next chapter. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I've ever considered using the back of a board. So I learn all the time when I, when I facilitate these workshops. Have you seen people do this electronically as well? Because I can get the tactile, having this thing in front of me and you know, going through and printing things off the internet that I see or magazines, that's very hands-on. I like the kinesthetic approach with that. Yes. What about electronic, where I can update it or shift things around? Yes, and some people do that too. My preference is like you. I, I like to be able to to cut out pictures and glue them on. Kind of it reminds me of what I felt like when I was a kid in kindergartner, right. when anything was possible, you know. But some people would rather do it digitally, and that works too. If you do it the, whole, the old-fashioned way, I always uh, recommend that you take a picture of it so you have that on your mobile devices. So you can reference it anytime. You can share it with other people. And then a big piece of the vision board is how to use it. So you want to post it, place it someplace that you'll see every day, And, you know, it depends on your home environment and your work environment. If you feel like you'll get support, you want to have it public. If you feel like you might get more questions and support, you might want to (laughs) make it private. You know, I have some clients who keep it just in their walk-in closets or something like that. You know, but they get to see it. These are the ones I want to see now. (laughs) (laughs) What did they do? Right, right. And and then I suggest just a couple of minutes a day to, to ask yourself this simple question. What's one thing I can do to bring me closer to this reality? And sometimes it's an immediate insight. Sometimes it's later on in the day you'll have an idea. And that just helps you continue to keep engaged with the board. One of the things that I think is useful about that question is it keeps you oriented in the direction of your goals. That's right. And so you may not make major progress. And to be honest, you might not even make minor progress every day. But if it's at the forefront of your mind, then it becomes really, really useful. That's right. That's right. You'll start to be more aware of resources and opportunities and helpful people when you engage with the board. You know, you've had an impact on quite a few of our staff so that these vision boards have been popping up around the office. And it's fun to see because it helps you understand uh, somebody else's goals. So, yes, Yes. it starts with you understanding your own goals, Mm -hmm. but then you begin to look around. You start to see things about people that you didn't know. You know, Mm -hmm. I've worked with people for years, and I really never knew that was a goal of yours. Um, Talk to me about that. How does that help you connect with somebody else, just understanding their goals? Yes, so you can offer support to them, but in certain cases, you can find ways to collaborate with them mm. that you would never have considered before. Mm. So, I like that. Very powerful. And I, I always say that this is 
an organic process. So once you create that board, it will change. You might want to prune it. You might want to add things to it. I know with my workshops, we keep the poster boards fairly small, and a lot of people will say, well, I, I've got a lot more that I want to put on it, so I suggest that that become the centerpiece of a larger poster board uh -huh. and just kind of uh, build out from that board. And again, it's all about an individual, what, an, what resonates with each individual. So in some cases, they will not want to have anything on there except what they imagine their future life would be like. For me, I want to keep those images on there of things that I've accomplished because I want to celebrate that. Right. It's because I don't want it to turn out to be this burdensome to-do list. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my whole life, my, my past, my present, and my future. You know, and people can get into trouble, uh, first of all, if they don't set goals, then they're not deliberate about life. Yes. And you, you wake up every day, you do what you do, you go home, you turn on the TV, and then next thing you know, it's time for bed, or you end up clicking on a screen all night. And so just being intentional and deliberate is a huge part of that. It sure is. Quick question about this, Tricia. I, I see this almost as a heads-up display. You know, it's a reminder of, okay, here's what's important to mm -hmm. me. But I know in my own life, I tend to, I'll create maybe an important note. Uh, it could be as, as small as a sticky note or as big as a, a vision board. And then after a while, as time goes on, I become desensitized to it. Mm, good point. So I like that you said pruning. Yes. That seems important. What keep else can we do to keep it fresh and keep it? Some people do a vision board. It's part of their ritual. They do it every year. So usually, you know, at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, or sometimes around their birthdays, you know, a special milestone, that type of thing, a fresh one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You might pull things from your old one, but and sometimes it's completely fresh. So that helps. And let's be honest, sometimes you have to prune toxic team members and yes. relationships that are unhealthy or unproductive uh, as well. Yes. True. One thing that I wanted to pivot into mm -hmm. is the use of a vision board for a project team. Because mm. I've seen that before. I didn't call it a vision board, mm -hmm. but it was a reminder for those team members as to here's what we're trying to achieve. Yes. This is our goal. This is the top of the WBS. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is our epic story and agile. Exactly. Right, right. Yes. right. And sometimes it's, it's as practical as the product we're going to create. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the prototype. Or I've seen even um, more personalized, here are the customers that we're trying to serve. Yes. And here's kind of a before and an after. Yes. Um, all of that works. Yeah. Even, even including when the project is finished and you want to memorialize it with the board, even including a testimonial from that client about how delighted they were with the work is a great, I mean, I can, I can imagine, you know, a whole wall full of these boards and he, he, here are the projects that we're, we're most proud of. Right. right. Mm -hmm. there's, yeah. there's just something about incorporating that visual that really resonates with people and connects with them on a very emotional level. Right. I, I also like to describe it in terms of the impact that it's going to create on people. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, that's mm -hmm. yes. that's what we're trying to do. And so, do, do you remember? Um, do you remember Google's old mission statement? It may still be their current one, but it was to organize the world's information. Yes, you know. And so, that's like a really clear idea. Yeah, you know, that could mm -hmm. become the center. And I guess it was, in a sense, the center of of their vision. Um, we 
love the impact that we get to have on project managers yes. because we make a difference in some people's lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's a that's a great thing for us. Mm-hmm. So I like this. And I think I think back to a specific project or really a program. And we had uh, uh, we had David Gibson in the room here uh, interviewing him about the MRAP program that he was a part of, the mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles that were created back 2006, 2008. And he talked about the use of, again, he didn't call it a vision board, mm-hmm. but he talked about the use of artifacts and the use mm-hmm. of before and after pictures to yes. help motivate the team. Turned out to be, I think it was a six a six-year program. Mm -hmm. So it was long haul, and they had to stay motivated, and their goal was to replace a vehicle with one that was more safe, Mm -hmm. and it saved lives. Mm -hmm. So I remember, Andy, one of the artifacts that he showed us with a piece, was a piece of an MRAP vehicle that had been uh, impacted by an IED, uh, an improvised explosive device, a mine, if you will, got blown up, but everybody survived. Yep. Mm -hmm. Went back to work the next day, and they took a piece of that vehicle, signed it, said, thank you, you saved our lives, uh-huh. and sent it to them. Uh. So that was on their vision board <laughs> yes. to keep them motivated to keep producing and wow. going forward with the project. That's so powerful. Yeah. Tricia, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise with us here on Manage This. And we always like to leave our guests with something more than they came in with. And we've got <laughs> our Manage This coffee mug for you that uh, you, oh, you can use and enjoy in good health as you set your goals and uh, help other people do the same. I sure you will. Thank you. also have a course coming out. I do. Very excited about On that. our mobile learning platform, Insight, uh, insight.veloceteach.com. Tell us a little bit about this. Yes, it's called Crave Your Goals, Motivate Your Team, and Get Things Done. And it's about the five crave steps, which includes cleaning out the clutter, it's also about uh, using affirmations, visualization. There's a great video on it of the vision board process. So I'm very excited to, to be launching that soon. And I have seen excerpts and promotions for this, and I'm very excited about it yeah. as well. So we're looking forward to that. We want to take a moment to say thanks to our listeners for telling us what you'd like to hear on Manage This. It's been a tremendous help. Send us your questions what sort of guests appeal to you most, and what topics you'd like to hear more about. Just go to the Velociteach Facebook page and use the comments section. Now it's our chance to give back. You just earned PDUs, Professional Development Units, by listening to this podcast. To claim them, go to www.velociteach.com and choose Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click the button that says Claim PDUs and follow those steps. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on November 20th for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at VelociTeach.com, Manage This, to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us. And tweet us at Manage underscore This if you have any questions about our podcast or about project management certifications. We're always here for you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep calm and manage this.